0: Welcome to Global Outreach Community Church, where we proclaim and demonstrate the love of God through Christ. Now, from The Overlook, located in Atascocita, Texas, here is Pastor Anderson with today's message. I'm ask you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to do my best to sit down. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we looked at this particular vignette of Scripture. And last week, we talked about this idea of suffering and why does God permit suffering. And we gave you three or four points. And the last point that we gave is that suffering teaches us to be thankful And I don't want you to miss that this morning, um, that during our moments of suffering, it's so easy to complain. But Paul says, listen, we have to be thankful or give thanks in everything. That means the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because if truth be told, life just gets ugly sometimes. But then on that same point, we said not only to give thanks, but we pray And I am thankful for the prayers of the righteous, literally pulling my mother through. And the reason why we pray and we give thanks, we come together corporately, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself For my message, is that God allows the body to come together when the body of Christ knows about the needs of others. So this morning, I want to continue to remind you, it doesn't matter the size of the church. On the fight back yesterday, there was a missionary that sat next to my wife, and she sat there, she said, we've been pastoring for 18 years, and we finally reached 270-something. And I was listening to a podcast by Charles Swindoll, and he said, the church is too driven by numbers and not driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. Numbers will come. And God is not counting the number of bodies in the chairs. He's counting the hearts of his people. Amen. So Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, right. a messenger of Satan, mm-hmm. to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Yeah. This one passage, he mentions pride twice. That's the idea here that God permitted this thorn because Paul had received all these great revelations. In the first part of chapter 12 and paul literally was raptured up into the third heaven yeah. which we call paradise the throne room of our savior and in paradise as he's raptured out of his body he sees all of these unspeakable things he gets all this great revelation and he gets all of this vision but then he comes back where this in his body or it was his entire physical body He's now back in reality. And he says, For this very reason, to keep me from being prideful, God permitted a thorn in my flesh. Verse 8, Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it may leave me. So Paul prays to God three times that this thorn may leave and watch God's response. In verse 9, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content. Look at the language that Paul is using. He is content with his weaknesses, with his insults, with distresses, with persecution, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, he is saying when I go through all of this, I'm still content. How about you this morning? That when God permits all of this stuff to be a thorn in your side, how can? are you? And then he says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Don't miss that this morning, that when you are weak, at that time is when you are strong because of the power of Christ that is in you. So flip back to chapter 11. The Lord just dropped this in my spirit. Flip out chapter 11 and look at verse 23. I want you to see all the things that Paul had gone through. He says, are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane, I'm more so. And far more labors and far more imprisonment. This is Paul speaking, beaten times without number, often in danger, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes, three times I was beaten with a rod. I was stoned three times. I was left shipwrecked day and night. I spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys. I've been in dangers from the river, dangers from robbers, dangers from countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, danger in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and in thirst often without food in cold and exposure apart from such eternal things there is this daily pressure for me I have this concern for all the churches do you see all the junk that Paul went through in his life but then he says not only did I go through that but I have this deep concern this deep burden for the church. That's Pastor Paul there. If you're going through suffering this morning, you are in good company. Look at the Apostle Paul. But then look at verse 33. And I was let down in the basket through a window in the wall, so I escaped his hands. Paul's life was literally threatened, and he had to jump into a basket and find a small hole, but it was big enough and wide enough for him to be let down through the wall in a basket. How many of you have been let down in a wall through a basket this morning? And everything you go through, learn how to be content. So we want to finish from this subject, thank you for my thorn. One of the things that I have acquired a taste for is tea. I'm starting to drink a lot of tea. This morning I had some tea from Kenya and I mixed it with honey and lemon. At night, I drink a tea for digestion. That after I eat, I just want my food to digest properly. I just want it to settle in. And I must admit, if I had not been traveling, I probably wouldn't be drinking tea like I do now. But learning from other backgrounds and cultures about health and how to maintain your body through the busyness of life. So I started drinking tea and coffee. So I have coffee from Mexico. Not that you're from Mexico, so I don't know why I'm pointing, but I have coffee from Mexico. I have coffee from Honduras. I have coffee from Kenya, coffee from Dominican Republic. All the countries that I've been to in Latin America, I have coffee. And I wake up in the morning, grab my Bible, go to the front room when it's quiet, read my Bible, drink my coffee or my tea. But as I was in Albuquerque yesterday and I went to eat, I saw this coffee bag and a tea bag. So I took the tea bag and I said, Man, this is awesome. What makes this tea so strong? And I realized it's the ingredients inside the bag. The ingredients produce the flavor. And the strength of the tea. Yes. But I don't care how long I keep this bag out, if I never put it in hot water, yes. I can never taste the ingredients yeah. in the flavor of the tea. Yes. For the strength yes. of the tea bag yes. is found on the inside, yes. but I have to put it in some hot water yes. to experience the strength yes. of the tea. Yes that's no different from our life. That our lives are just like tea bags. And the only way that God can get the best out of our life is to literally take us and put us into the hot water of suffering, the hot water of affliction, the hot water of insults, the hot water of people running out on you, the hot water of people talking about you, the hot water having lack sometimes, And then what God does is he produces this strength on the inside that comes from heaven, and the strength is called sufficient grace. That's saving grace. But God gives us sufficient grace. So what is sufficient grace? Sufficient grace is God's provision for every need when you need it that every time there's a need in your life, God gives you sufficient grace. It's more than what you merit, but he gives you and he pours into you sufficient grace. I like to say it this way. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. That's called grace. That is Christ's expense on the cross. And because he died, he gives us access to this sufficient grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. But then the word sufficient means there is never a shortage of God's grace. I can get happy and run by this building by myself. I'm happy that there's never a time that God's grace runs out. That every day I wake up, grace. When I walk out the door, grace. When I get in my car, grace. When I get to the hospital, grace. When I wipe mama's face, Grace, when I change your diapers, grace, when I leave the hospital room, grace, when I get back in the car, grace, when I go to work, grace, when I mess around with messy folks, grace, when I'm traveling, grace, y'all going to get it this morning, it never runs out. I can be done right there. The grace will never run out, but you got to ask for God's sufficient grace. And this is what Paul is telling us, is that God is the only one to give us sufficient grace, that you have supernatural power that comes from heaven's bank account. It is deposited on the inside of you, and look at the power. It never runs out. So Paul, he writes this second letter to the church at Corinth. And again, he's dealing with this church. The first letter, he deals with a lot of divisions and disputes, and he has to set them straight on. Listen, you are one body. We shouldn't have this quarrel going on. We shouldn't be divided. And let me say this to where I'm going. I don't care how big this church gets. We should never have fighting on the inside of the church. Because when fights happen on the inside of the church, it hurts everybody on the outside. Could it be this morning that most churches are not filled? not because they have podcasts, not because they can watch TV, it's because the community sees the church and they say if I'm going to the church, why am I going to a church that's fighting, that's Bickering that don't have it together. As the church, we need to be the church that God is calling us to be. So Paul writes that in 1 Corinthians. He gets all of this together, but then he turns his attention to 2 Corinthians. And he's very emotional in this book. He has to de- defend his apostleship. There are those who don't believe that he is an apostle by the will of God. And then this church starts to forgive one another. But then Paul turns his attention to this thorn. And there is so much in these verses. So let's look at this thorn. It's not a thorn that you would literally think when it comes to thinking of a thorn. It's not a thorn at the end of a rose bush. This thorn in the Greek, that's the New Testament was written in the Greek, it's literally a stake. It's like a wooden stake that when they decapitated the head of their enemies, they would take the enemy's head, boom, and put it on a stake. He's saying, man, God permitted, through his permissive will, Satan to buffet me by figuratively putting a thorn in my flesh. And Paul said, the thorn is there Every time I wake up and there's nothing I can do to remove this thorn, but God gives me an answer that I did not expect. So this thorn is given in his flesh, and why is this thorn given? Well, many people think that Paul had epilepsy, and if you research Paul, he's kind of humpback, and most people thought he was blind, or he had malaria, or he had some type of physical ailment. But here's what I love. Paul never tells us what thorn he had. You in good company this morning because whatever thorn you have is just your thorn. And God will give you a thorn to keep you humble, to keep you to where he can do in you what he chooses to do. So let me bring it home. Most of us have degrees. If you don't, you have a good job. You have a good family. You're living in a great community. And sometimes we just get beside ourselves. That when God starts blessing, we don't need God like we used to need him. That we don't have to come to church. We're just going to get on our boat on Sunday, and we're just going to sail Lake Houston. There's nothing wrong with that. But what God is saying is, when you get beside yourself, every now and then, I'm just going to place a little phone right there on your side, and there's nothing that you can do to remove it. But when I give you a thorn, I'm going to give you sufficient grace that helps you bear the burden of your thorn. Do you have any thorns this morning? I know I have several. At first, I said, God, I just got one, but when I thought about it, I got about three or four different thorns that God will just not release. But then God reminded me, I may not remove the thorn, but I need to keep you humble, pastor. I don't want you to get beside yourself, so I'm going to stick it right there to remind you every day, you need me as you deal with that thorn. When you go to work, that thorn is a reminder that you need me when you go to work. When those coaches are acting crazy or when those students are driving and getting on your last nerve, I got a thorn right here to remind me, before you walk in that building, you better pray. Before you counsel that student, you better pray. I need you to meet me at the throne room of prayer. This thorn. So he has this thorn, and God permitted it to happen. God uses this thorn to save But Satan wants to use it to destroy. There's a difference. Satan wants to destroy us. God wants to save us. So God says no. So what can we learn from this thorn? Good question. Glad you asked. Here's the first thing. Cutting through my notes. The first thing we can learn about Paul's thorns. God believes humility is more important than comfort. We get too comfortable as Christians, especially in the U.S., but when you start traveling, you understand, man, we have all of these great creature comforts, but there are people who are more faithful to God, but they have less than we do. Yeah. And see, when God starts giving you more, don't you get comfortable. And at the state that you get comfortable, thorn, because he has to remind you, I'm not about you being comfortable, I'm about you walking in humility, being Humble. You have to understand that this thorn is not to destroy Paul, but Paul had all of this great vision, and God had to remind you, although you was in the third heaven, I'm bringing you back down, and I want you to walk in humility. I don't care how successful you are, don't you get beside yourself. Don't allow your head to get so big that you can't walk in that door. Don't allow people to maneuver you, to think that you got it all together and you don't need God. We need God every single day that we wake up. Because if it had not been for God on my side, where would I be? So the thorn is to sanctify us, that we may walk in humility. So here's the point of the thorn. It's to grow us, to mature us, to bless us, to teach us, but to train us, to train. So I'm in Albuquerque this week. And God slowed me down long enough to say, hey, this thorn, that's your mother's sickness. Her body is deteriorating. And you can't stop the deterioration of the body. So we have to remember this. At some point, your body will deteriorate because of sin. And that's been your thorn, pastor. It has been bothering you. But let me show you the blessing of what I'm trying to teach you. You're in Albuquerque, but who's at, who's at the hospital? And I said, Erica. He said, there's a blessing in the thorn. And then he said, who was that? I'm not saying God spoke to me in this audible voice, but this is how the Spirit was speaking while I was just walking. Well, who was at the hospital yesterday? I said, uh, Minister Marcus Holmes. Hmm. Who's at the hospital while you're gone? Oh, my mother's friends. Who else has checked on your mother? People from the church. Who's praying? Hmm, people from the church. Who else? People on Facebook all over the country. There's a blessing in your thorn. Because I'm trying to show you everything is not dependent on you. If you just get out the way, I can bless you if you get out of the way. And sometimes we are in God's way, and God said, just get out of the way. Ms. Rios, I was about to cancel a trip to go celebrate my nephew's graduation, but what I realized is not only did it bless my mom and my dad and people that served my mother while I was gone, but it blessed my sister that I came, that I bought the flight, that we paid for the hotel just to see her son graduate. See, it's blessings on both ends. Quit complaining about your thorn. Maybe God is using that thorn to teach you a lesson, to grow you up that you can spend more time with him. He's more concerned about your humility, not your comfort. So God, thank you for my thorn. Here's the second one. God's power is more evident and on display in our human weakness. See, God wants to make you a showcase of his power. A showcase. I brought this ring. I don't wear it much. And I brought it. And the reason why I don't wear it is because I don't want, and I'm not banging on anybody, I don't want to be considered one of these gaudy pastors. What you wear is what you wear, but I'm very conservative. If you watch me, I'm going to be in blue suits, gray suits, brown suits, black suits. That's it. That's just me. That's my personality. My wife tried to bring me out. I said, boo-boo, that's not me. Let me do me. So I wore this. And I got so uncomfortable up here, I took it off and I put it in my pocket. Now, it's not so much that you're worried about this, but the reason I put it on is because it's a showcase. That's all it is. Some people say it's blinging. It has diamonds in it. But for me, it's a reflection of my 10 years of service with the organization I work for. But every time I put it on, I realize it's just a showpiece. And God wants to put you on. So you can be a showcase and a showpiece to display his power and his glory to the world. That's why he gives you a phone so he can show the world, although you have this weakness, I'm going to put you on stage and baby girl, you're going to look good. You're going to be my showcase and my showpiece to display my power to a dying world. That's all you are is God's showpiece in your weaknesses. Quit complaining about your thorn and quit complaining about your weakness. You have to go through tough times. You need to go through the fire. You need suffering in your life. Thank God for affliction in my life. Thank God for hardship and thank God for pain. Because if I don't have suffering, affliction, pain, I'll never be a showpiece. You're a showpiece. And he wants you to be on display. I wrote this down, the tougher the problem, the greater the grace. So if you have a tough problem, thank God for more grace. Ask God for his sufficient grace that never runs out. So the tougher the problem, the greater the grace in your weakness. So God, thank you for my weakness and thank you for my thorn because you're giving me greater power to be your showpiece. Guys, we got to learn to see suffering as a gift. Paul learned to see this as a gift, but we've been taught so long that God doesn't want us to suffer, that every day is a good day, that you'll never go through any hardships. That's the biggest lie ever told. The day you're born, you can start going through hardships. It's just a part of life, and that's why, and this is all just dropping in me, that's why Paul prays his prayer in Numbers chapter 90, or Numbers has no chapters, but in the 90 number of Psalms, he says, God, teach me to number our days. See, each day you get up, you got to number your days because your days are numbered. So we're going through this tram. We're in Marcus' hometown. And I'm not going to lie, we're going up this tram in Albuquerque. And it's going all the way to the top of the mountain. And they didn't know this, but y'all, I was scared. I was just scared. So I'm holding on to the pole, Minister Holmes. And I'm like, man, this is high. And I said, sweetheart, if this cable break, do you realize everybody on this tram is the people that I may have beneficiary to our life insurance? We just start laughing. Yeah, yeah. I said so. Kiki gonna get the money because Kiki didn't go, and I joke. Kiki, I said she's gonna burn that up in one week, so she's gonna be broke too. And we just started laughing. So we're going up the tram, and we get to the top. We're walking around. There's snow on the mountain. We're running around. My brother starts running. He literally passes out, almost. Yeah, I'm going to talk about you. So my wife's just walking real fast. She gets to a point. She's just bending over. I said, baby, right? I'm about to faint. I'm about to. I said, come on, girl. Get yourself together. These people watching us. <laughs> so she gets herself together. We get back on the tram. And I sit down, Ms. Rios. And I sit down because I didn't want anybody to know I had a little anxiety in me. This lady gets on the tram. She says, hey, if we die... We die. And I said, no, boo. I said, just like that. I said, no, boo. I I said, no, boo. I'm not trying to die. She said, no. It's life. If we die, we die. And then she says this. Our days are already numbered. Your days are numbered. Humility. Not pride. But I told my brother-in-law, brother-in-law, I'm not trying to go out like this, though. Let me go out in my. Sleep. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Your days are numbered. Walk in humility. Yes. Thank God for your thorn. Here's number three. Paul's thorn kept him in close dependency on God. He's giving you a thorn this morning. And the thorn is to keep you dependent on him. The weaker Paul became, the stronger he was because he depended on God. Mm -hmm. And there are times in our life where God will keep us in uncomfortable situations that we can depend on him. I want you to be honest. I may not even finish this morning. I want you to be honest. If I preach this on Mother's Day, the last three points, don't be mad at me. So if God makes your life uncomfortable, there's a reason. Quit trying to run out of it. So we leave off the tram. We go eat. We headed back to the hotel. And this pastor calls me. Old Sage. Pastor, how you doing? I said, I'm good. I saw on Facebook your mother's sick. He had this raspy voice. I said, yes, sir. Good. I said, good. Good. He said, you can't pastor folks until you know what they go through. Good. So I have this on speaker my brother listen. My brother just listened, like he's doing this, like, is he crazy? So he said, good. He said, can I drop some in? And again, sage, but he's kind of a, uh, he uses a lot of uh, slang. Can I drop this in on your Kool-Aid? He meant, can he put it in my mix? Can he give me some wisdom? That's basically what he was saying. I said, yes, sir. He said, I'm glad she's sick. This is just preparation. And you celebrate God in times of preparation. God bless you, pastor. Boom! And hung up on me. I said, okay, God, I get it. It's not when you get to the other side that you celebrate. It's as you are going through it. The preparation... And the joy is going through it, not on the other side of it. Because everybody can get to the other side and celebrate God. But can you celebrate him while you are going through it? Good, pastor. Keep trusting in him. So this morning, I'm trying to tell somebody, you have a thorn, I'm done. Good. Celebrate God while you're going through it. You asked God to remove it, he said, No. Good. God, thank you yes. for my thorn. Yeah. And God, I'm just this tea bag. And I want you to get the best out of me. And if you have to place me in a hot water of suffering, good. Yeah. Thank you for my thorn. And if the temperature is hot and I get scalded a little bit, You're going to squeeze me to get the best out of me. Mm -hmm. God, thank you for my thorn. And God, if you keep me in the hot water longer than I wanted to stay, you still know what's best for me. Mm -hmm. Because if I was at the old church, I would hoop. Y'all know what that means. But I ain't at the old church. I'm getting excited. (laughs) God, thank you for my thorn. And God, when you fill the water up to the top of the cup and you put me in there and I feel like I'm drowning and I'm suffocating because the water is hot, God, thank you for my thorn. God, thank you that you're going to squeeze me. And the only reason you are breaking me, you are breaking me to make me. So God, thank you for my thorn. So this morning, can you just take time to thank God for his thorn? It may not feel good, but God, thank you. You may not see the end, but God, thank you. Sometimes you wake up confused, but God, thank you. Sometimes you don't even want to get out of the bed, but God, thank you. Sometimes you just want to give up on life, but God, thank you. You don't want to go to the hospital. God, thank you. You don't want to deal with those kids. God, thank you. You don't want to go to that campus. God, thank you. Thank you for my thorn. Yes. And then thank you for this tea bag. Because if you never place me in the hot water, yes. you can never get the best out of me. So every time you place me in the hot water, thank you. Quit complaining this morning and tell God thank you. So, would you close your eyes this morning in your own way? I want you to just thank God for your thorn. No, 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 I'm not removing it. That's God. Three times Paul prayed, God, listen, this is your boy, Paul. I'm doing all this work. No, Paul. Well, God, you do know I'm going to write most of the New Testament. So what? No, Paul. I'm considered one of the chief apostles, the great apostles of the faith. I don't care, Paul. I'm not removing the thorn so this morning God as we close we say thank you for our thorns we don't always understand the purpose and the reason behind the thorn but we trust you so this morning we know that you want to make us a showcase a display of your supernatural power make us your showpiece This morning, we ask for that sufficient grace. That grace that never runs out. Every day that we get up, give us grace. Supernatural power on the inside. So this morning, we celebrate you. We worship you. We adore you. And as we close, we make this declaration of faith that we will learn to give you thanksgiving and complain less. We will learn to praise you more and bicker less. We will learn to be patient as we walk out this process because it's in the preparation that you are preparing us for what you're going to give us in the end. So thank you for our thorn. We will glory you we will glorify you, give you all the praise, in Jesus' name. While your heads about? Thank you for listening. Join us each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at The Overlook, located in Atascocita, Texas. Visit us online at www.globaloutreachcc.org. Remember, your life matters because it matters to Christ.